welcome to this episode of our new podcast for Anglia Ruskin University. My name is Jamie Lee and I'm a social media officer at Anglia Ruskin University. My name's Hannah and I'm also a social media officer at Anglia Ruskin University. So today we thought we would talk with Mental Health Awareness Week coming up about social media and the impacts on people's mental health and maybe give some tips as well to try and lessen the negative impact on everybody's mental well-being. Yeah, and then also talk about how it could have positive effect on us as well. I think definitely during the pandemic we saw the positive uh, effects of it because it brought people together, people were keeping connected, there was a boom in TikTok where people were just sharing fun, uh, happy content and yeah, there's definitely some positives to it. Yeah, on that note as well, you need to follow Anglia Ruskin's yeah, TikTok follow account us because on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, it's pretty YouTube. special. We're we're definitely <laughs> enjoying that. So maybe today we'll start with just some talking about some pros and cons maybe of social media in terms of mental well being, and then we'll end up with some tips. Yeah, well. definitely. And we both work really closely with student services and the well being team so that we can promote. Um, uh, the services and the tools that uh, that's open to students here, um, like yeah. counselling, um, if they're struggling with well-being. So we do try to promote that through social media. Yeah, I think that's really important to talk about as well because we were just ranked number one in the UK. Yeah. Um, by Times Higher Education. Are you proud? Yeah, for health and well-being. So that is fantastic yeah. news. So number one we've... in the UK and top twenty in the whole world. So. That is pretty special. So I feel like, yeah, there's some great stuff going on at Anglia Ruskin. Yeah, definitely. So should we start off then with some of the things that we think um, are really positive about social media? Yeah, I mean, for me, during the lockdown, obviously working from home and stuff as well, um, I joined some stuff through social media, like groups of people that just want to travel and meet up, and it makes travel a lot easier obviously now that the restrictions are lifted yeah more accessible um going away more in the uk meeting new people so the group i joined was called the travel squad but loads of them are popping up now mm. especially through things like tiktok people are sharing their experiences what was other people platform is that through so that was initially through tiktok mm. but there's also a facebook group and then you can meet with lots of people and after the restrictions lifted we all went together a group of about 20 strangers and we climbed ben nevis so that was awesome after yeah, being at home amazing, for ages. Yeah. So there's there's a really positive side to that because I feel like you can feel quite isolated online sometimes. But the flip side of that is you can also connect with and meet people yeah. that want the same things. It's quite a, an unusual phenomenon, really, because you can be so connected to millions of people all across the world, but at the same time you can feel isolated when you're on your own. So it's a, a bit of a weird... Um, yeah, like... Yeah, I think the tools are all there, it's just depends how you use it and how you're feeling at the time as well because there's also that element if we talk about the negatives of like fear of missing out when a lot of people are presenting their best lives you know like what it's different because I could have looked at the travel group content and thought I'm so upset that I'm not doing that or you can use it as an inspiration and think oh I'm I want to do that as well like I want to achieve that but that's not always possible if you're looking at maybe models that have had like a lot of surgery or you know they're going kind of paid to go to Dubai yeah yeah. so their lifestyle isn't maybe achievable by you maybe they're editing Mm. their pictures so that's the flip side 
you know maybe they do inspire you but it's also quite upsetting if you can't achieve that yeah definitely and I know that especially in the UK but I think it's across the whole world um more and more younger people especially under the age of 24 are now um being diagnosed with anxiety and I think it's a lot to do with that pressure to constantly be connected to people like on your phone all the time and also the comparison because that was the saying that comparison is the thief of joy yeah I think that's so true but like you said you don't know what people are post like the reasons behind posting things is that is that a real image what you're looking at and I think that's definitely something that's hard to um to understand when perhaps you're younger yeah, I think I definitely see that with my little brother. He does like to imitate. He's only 11, but he likes to imitate like TikTok creators. Mm. I think it frustrates him because he's got a private account, obviously. Um, as a young person, like his parents make him have the private account. But I think it frustrates him that he's not reaching the millions of people. Yeah. You know, he sees that fame, he wants that. So he like copies their dances and stuff. I think it is really hard for him to realise that these are people with filters you know, they're living in these big, like, creator houses together. Yeah. And it all looks great, but I don't think he's seeing the other side. No. Or, like, their life before maybe that happened. I think it's... It is hard when it's all you see. Yeah, definitely. Kids, especially during lockdown, where they had a lot of social media and not a lot of time with their friends. It's hard for them to remember what it's... Yeah. I think as well. So, I think it was just before lockdown, there was... I think TikTok had a little bit of a bad press about how... They were promoting um, the perfect image. So uh, the videos that were going viral at the time. Yeah, the algorithm was pushing young, the really airbrushed versions. Uh, yeah, yeah, and really nice clean houses. And then people might be sitting there in their messy bedroom and thinking, oh, well, my 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 content's not going to be good enough compared to that that person. Yeah, I think they've made some really good steps, though, I think, haven't they, in yeah, terms of the content the... you see now? is more kind of filtered to you and they've also got a really nice feature um that i hate to admit that i've seen a few times <laughs> where it it mentions to you that you've been scrolling for a long time and it suggests that you actually leave the mm. app and i think that's really important i think it'd be really good to see other platforms start doing the same thing because you know like an app telling you to get off the app is actually quite impressive yeah i think as well like one of the other positive things that does come from this is you're now seeing a lot of um, influencers and creators that are actually drawing attention to the fact that this isn't real life I think and now with like hashtag ad becoming yeah. more well known um, people do realise oh they're being paid to do that they've probably set up a massive photo shoot they might have hired out a private jet to look like they're flying first class somewhere but they're not actually leaving the airport and they're not going anywhere um, but I think there, yeah, there are a lot of people on social media that are saying, don't compare yourself to these people, it's not real. And I'm one of these people who are like, I am perpetuating it and saying, look, this isn't real, but this is now my job. Because that, that, that's yeah. what it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. Because there's also, there's a lot of creators popping up now as well, like plus size creators. And then obviously you had like the Black Lives Matter movement, which was really powerful. So I think social media is realising itself and there's like some great movements that are coming out of it to yeah, make people definitely. feel more represented and seen like my feeds are a lot different than a few years ago and I don't know if that's because I work in social I'm looking 
for a wider you know like I unfollowed a lot of creators during lockdown which I think is a really good tip I know we said we do tips at the end but they're yeah. probably just gonna slot themselves in but I unfollowed a lot of creators that were more unrealistic and I found a lot of creators that are more like me or have the same kind mm. of goals like I follow a lot of animals now yeah. as well and I, it's a lot better feed that I'm finding like my suggestions from social media platforms are so much more positive yeah and more tailored to you and your interests exactly and I think maybe we should talk about the be real app yeah that's coming up and you downloaded it today yeah downloaded it posted my first one on my own private account yeah so the be real app well you can probably explain it better than me yeah so um you download it and you you get sent a notification and you have to post a photo when it sends you a notification and you can't see anyone else's photos until you've posted your own um and it's instant it's unfiltered you can't upload something either so you can't take a picture from like two years ago when you visited new york on top of the empire state building kind of thing you have to take it right there no filter um it takes a picture of what you're looking at and then it takes the photo of you um and then you post it and then you can see what other people are doing and you can see the location so it's mostly people the ones I saw this morning were just people hanging out with some friends. They were sitting on their sofa. You know, nothing like... I think that is, that uh, is a uh, really cool... It takes away that excitingness of posting. I don't know, maybe on Instagram when you're, like, out for your birthday or something really special is happening. Yeah. It takes away from that, but I think that actually is quite a good thing. When you think about it, I think it's a really cool idea. I think that's actually kind of... It's, I think it's originally why people liked Snapchat so much. Yeah. Because you took the picture, you, you couldn't use to upload. So you took it in the moment and it was there for 24 hours. And you could use it as a bit of a back and forwards, this is what, this is my face, now this is my face. Um, that's how it started. I think that's why it originally grew really popular. Um, but then they were trying to then keep up with um, the popularity of Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. And then they competed and it lost, I think it lost its USP in the end. Yeah, and they're that's coming what back made it though, special. aren't they? Yeah, definitely. We've noticed with the students, like, for university, they are. it is coming back a little bit, but it's also a bit of a scary app in the way that it's so hidden. Like, you know, a lot of bad things can go down yeah. on Snapchat. It is quite a worrying one when you can't see the content. I do, I do remember when I had to, like, first explain the concept of it. But, well, you take a picture, you send it, and um, it's there for 24 hours, and then it disappears, and that... But where does it go after? I'm like, well, it might be stored in the cloud somewhere, but no one can see it after that. And they're like, but I don't understand. Why do you want it to disappear? I'm like, that sounds a bit saucy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's got a bit of a sneaky element as well, isn't it? When you personally message somebody on yeah. Snapchat and the picture disappears, like it's it's and got when that you kind screen- of like that fear of someone screenshotting something. Yeah, because... but I think that's good that it tells you that yeah, someone's screenshotting. You. Although you know, people do record conversations on another phone or something like that so there's ways around that but yeah it's quite an interesting one I think it has that nice USP but it does in terms of like student stuff it does still scare me you know private group chats can always take like a cyber bully kind of turn and I think that's quite scary for your mental health as well if you've got a message that only you can see you know there's no proof that it's come to you Mm. you know if it's a nasty message coming through that can I think that can be quite like an anxious time yeah and i think that is another reason why people are so 
anxious now is because you're at school if if you're having problems with people at school it it's sort of confined to that area at school and but then you come home and then you're you're on instagram and they can follow you there and then they can spam your photos saying thing not nasty things to you as well yeah so easy to make accounts isn't it because you obviously have the block features i think instagram's got that really nice feature now where you can block somebody and you've got the option to block all accounts made by the same person yeah so that's quite nice because it takes away, you know, them being able to make this second account and kind of reach you from there. Yeah. So that's quite a good advancement, like update from Instagram there. I think that probably links into the next topic that we'll talk about then is, um, do you think that platforms themselves are doing enough um, to safeguard the user's mental well-being? Yeah, this is such a big argument, isn't it, as well, online and at the should, moment? Do you, yeah. Are they doing enough, or and should they even be responsible for the user's mental well-being? Because they've provided this tool, and it's up to you if you want to use it. No one's saying that you have to. So, exactly. There's a there's quite a good documentary. I think it was on Netflix, um, and it was all from people that kind of originally worked on Instagram as a platform before it was taken over by um, Facebook or Meta now, and it, they were sort of saying, you know, it was originally this app where you know you can share this really visually nice it was such a nice community feel and they feel as it's got bigger Mm. you know like there's some scary niche communities popping up you know especially with things like self-harm like communities that were kind of quite big on tumblr when tumblr was more popular i think that's it's hard to control it's hard line between censorship you know how do you on such a big platform how can you i know it's a lot by ai these days but how can you really investigate these claims yeah. when someone's reporting something there's and so at many the end reports of the day, day. Like, i know people who do work in the centers um at for example meta facebook who have to then look at the material that's been flagged for example like you know violent images um they look at them and decide that they have to be removed um but i know they themselves like can suffer from PTSD because they see so much of these things exactly. that are being flagged. Um, so I, I suppose in that sense, they have to look after their staff well-being. So yeah, they do have to look after um, the user's mental health uh, well-being. I saw uh, there was a survey uh, showed that two thirds of UK adults believe that they do have a duty to protect um, users' mental health, and. thought that they weren't doing enough Um, so I think in more recent years the platforms have realised that they do need to do more because we know that um, Instagram have introduced uh, a function for bullying where you can um, actually report the the comments and then it says are you having a problem with this person because I know before it's only like you could flag it if it was spam there was but there's more uh, ways you can flag the comments now that's really interesting as well there's it's hard isn't it um especially on platforms like instagram where things are so subjective as well i think when it's written when it's on social media mm. like it might be hard for them to get the context as well if it's like a personal dispute if it's like a snarky comment yeah that's true that could be you know or sarcasm you know especially in the uk sarcasm quite big online yeah. so it can be really hard to read a comment in the right way as well i think as well some of um 
like TikTok introduced that uh, well-being hub, um, and then Snapchat, I think, collaborated with the mental well-being app Headspace. Yeah. So they they did a big um, push on that last year. Um, I mean, I think, in a way, Facebook has a long way to go, but yeah, there's I, th- I think there's probably a fine line between users and and the platforms because if you're seeing something and you're it's making you feel bad i suppose it's got to be there's there's a point where you think well i don't i don't want to look at this anymore so i need to shut it down i think that's the argument for algorithms though isn't it as well because on one hand it's great because everything you see is so tailored to you but on the flip side if you're having a bad week and you're resonating or looking at content that maybe kind of reflects your mood the algorithm gets more and more driven towards the down content and that's how these kind of communities yeah, that's really that good. are that's talking true, about yeah. self-harm or maybe, you know, when you get a group of people that are all feeling quite low, there's not a lot of positivity that can be raised up. If you're ignoring the positive content and they're giving you... I think that's quite hard. That's quite mm. a rabbit hole to fall yeah. down, especially because if you're Because the content, is, the content's there and the content is available to you. It's just whether the seek it out and whether you're looking up the right search terms and whether it comes up or not exactly i think there's a lot of um positive content as well from people like mind charity it's great that they have social presence Mm. that we did a tiktok live session didn't we yeah for um for results day last year so we joined them uh one of our students and also a volunteer from mind charity themselves we co-hosted a live session just to support students around results day yeah. how to cope with like that anxiety of will i get in have i done enough yeah so i think that's things like that are really good tools if you come across them so i think another tip would be you know to follow places like that for support should you ever need them you know it's nice to follow people that have positive messaging mm. so that they do drip more into your feed especially you know if you have that lower week and you happen to catch a post from them they also share some really nice advice for like supporting your friends yeah as well so i think it's definitely worth following more positive accounts yeah definitely just so that you can see them now and then you know you might not like everything they post but it's a really good tip to unfollow people that might not make you feel so good somebody trying oh, there's someone drilling Hopefully it stops. <laughs> <laughs> that was brief. <laughs> yeah, that was brief. Um, that was something it, that reminds me actually of. Um, so for my own personal Instagram account, I was getting uh, originally started Instagram um, just to show what I was doing to my friends. So I, I only followed my friends, and only my friends followed me. Um, and then I started getting into um like instagramming properly and set up a blog and i then started getting brands contacting me and then i had a contractual obligation to post um so for for one thing i'd have to post twice a month um and then when when it becomes that business and you're getting more people like hundreds they turn into thousands of people following you who you don't actually know, they're not your friends, they have some sort of expectation of what they want to see from your Instagram and you have to keep on topping yourself every time and then you've got the brands that are expecting you to post as well, you have to. 
so then it actually becomes something that started out as something fun is now not so fun anymore because you have to do it um and i think that's where with the when the pandemic came i actually suffered with a lot of um anxiety around it because i'm doing social media at work uh, full time i'm coming home i'm then having to do the instagram as well and i'm roping my friends and family into it so i'm like can you come and take pictures of me and then i'm like oh okay and this was every day because with instagram it works best if you post once um, a day or if not more than once a day to keep on top and you're becoming friends with and um, becoming part of this network and in a way you're kind of like having a healthy competition with them because you're like i started the same time as them so i want to get the same amount of followers at the same time i want to grow as they're growing um but then that just spiraled into something that was really healthy at the start into something that was making me worried yeah, I think social um, media never sleeps as well. It does doesn't, it? no. Especially a lot of people studying and working remotely. Like yeah. you were, that's a lot of screen time. Definitely. Not a lot of, I mean, Professor Viren Swami as well from Anglia Ruskin does some great work around nature and nurture. Professor so. in psychology. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So he talks a lot about the psychological impact of like being in nature and how important it is. And he's got an event mm. coming up actually as well for yeah. Mental Health Awareness Week um like a free online event but you know looking at his research during lockdown everybody increased their screen time pretty much i know a lot of students as well they delete apps and things around exam time yeah that's so that they can point. focus yeah so it's it's really hard i think like you I were saying like to... with the sc- screen time it's not even just your mental um mental health um but also your physical health because again linking yeah, back to, strain, yeah yeah linking back to um angie ruskin research but the a couple of weeks ago there was that um news that was released even children as young as four years old have increased their screen time during the pandemic by two hours a day um and that that's giving them i think it's called myopia i'm sorry for the optometrist that yeah i've, I've um, pronounced it wrong but um, so they're, they're having problems with their, their eyes. And so in, when they grow up, they're going to have problems with their vision. It's definitely going to have an impact. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's got to. But then I, I found that when the, when the um, pandemic hit in sort of in the UK, it was around March. Mm-hmm. Um, the brands that I was working with for my personal account were saying, our budget's gone because we're going into a lockdown. We don't know what, um, what's going to happen like financially. Um, everyone we we're working with, we're really scaling it back down. So um, it's it sort of stops, and then the obligation to post stopped. I wasn't leaving the house. There's nothing interesting to even put on Instagram. Like I'm not leaving my sofa every day. Do you want to see that? Um, so I thought no, I don't really want. I don't want to do it. And when, like as the weeks went on, I was like, I feel so much better not having to post it all the time. So I do think if you you're starting to feel overwhelmed i think it's a sign to just take a break from it definitely, definitely and it doesn't matter like ha- nothing's happened like i lost some followers but i i mean a few years ago i would have been devastated but like, no i've built them all up i've lost a thousand followers but it doesn't matter really like yeah i think you the pandemic was quite an eye-opener into what's yeah, definitely important i know it's a particularly hard time for the students as well um, especially that had just started university to connect with each other because that was really important face to face 
Um, I think, you know, we had, didn't we, closed Facebook groups for students that were maybe isolating yeah. um, and wanted that support. We've got the peer mentor students who were great. They were um, taking shifts yeah, online fantastic. to support the students through social media. And it was really important for us as well um, to support them through social media, you know, have things going on on there that they could interact with because we couldn't give them necessarily that face-to-face time mm. that they needed. You know, it was... It was difficult for everybody, but I think do have complete sympathy, you know, for the students yeah. that were affected. It's an exciting time to start university. Um, and it's completely different to what anyone's experienced before. I mean, this is, it's really unprecedented. So, but like, how do you cope with it? So both you and I, when we started, we were in an office every day working. And then suddenly we've got to come up with innovative ways to support the students now. We can't physically see them. Yeah. So think it was total learning curve but I think you know without social media at all and you know obviously not technically social media but zoom calls or team calls you know that time with the lecturers and that time with their classmates I think you know what a worrying time for everybody to be at home so I think social media did connect them yeah in that way you know we saw um a dip in engagement and then a climb in engagement where students were looking for ways to interact with each other kind of outside you know the facebook groups were quite lively looking for other people yeah um and kind and of arranging for weekly twitter chats like yeah yeah we did join us we? every tuesday at 1 p.m and we're gonna chat about check in yeah. yeah check in with you see how you're doing that was that was really good yeah and the student well-being campaign as well where they designed their own campaign for well-being and there was lots of online activities you know they had watch parties um they had aiu the big walk as well so everybody was going yeah, for a walk going at the same the time. They started building, you know, Spotify playlists to share with each yeah. other. So and some of our good ambassadors happening. were like live streaming as they were walking through like the fields and like you said earlier, it's really it was really important to get out in nature. Exactly. So I think that was definitely a positive with social media. Another yeah. tip as well, you know, try and use it in the best way you can to connect with people. But I think there's also a line of where you need that face to face connection when and if you can. No, especially at university level as well. That's such a big part of the experience. And I said it's a shame that some of the students didn't get that. I mean, you know, hopefully they're getting that more now. I think social media was that good tool that bridged, tried to bridge the gap. And I mean, the lectures were were all done through Zoom, which isn't technically social media, but that's a form of... um, electronic communication like digital communication that yeah it was we then relied on i think a lot of them had teams chats as well you know we had the virtual open days mm. and they were also you know social media we were presenting you know like 3d tours of campus uh we had some student ambassadors live streaming tours of campus as well for people because obviously they couldn't visit so i think it does offer a solution for connection when you can't be there in person especially for a lot of our international students who did have to go home um or even isolate in the uk if they couldn't get home during the pandemic social media was a real source of connection for them with friends and family so that's we should probably move on to tips shouldn't we actually i just thought of one point though was yesterday Mm -hmm. i met some um war veterans yeah and um one of them i was filming for um a video that was going to be shown at the 2022 graduations and um he said i really want to give a message to them um so he was 41 and he said he'd suffered um with ptsd 
um, and depression and he just said I, I really want to tell the students of this year that have gone through a pandemic that what they've done they should be so proud of because it's it's been so difficult um, and that was coming from someone who'd been um, like has seen things in the war and he said it, it's so difficult when you're that young he said when I was that young I felt like I was living for other people and I was ha having to follow um, follow a career or follow a path um, and be a certain way for other people and he said my message to the students of this year um, and like who've been studying that to just be yourself he's like that is my message he said I want to get it out to everyone just be yourself and so I think that's a really nice message to give to people like we were talking about authenticity um, and social media that it is really important to to not live for other people and to just literally be yourself so that was just really nice and it was he had some really good insights and I thought it was really good to to speak to someone like him yeah I think that's great I think it's also reflective of like the social media platforms like we said TikTok's got massive and you know they're moving towards creators who are everyday creators mm. you know like people just getting millions of views and likes and comments on videos of them and their friends you know on a night out in the local that yeah. sort of vibe or you know people that work at tesco ads that like people at their day jobs just doing a dance and it's it's becoming viral i think you know people are becoming more accustomed to seeing normal people on their social media yeah. and it is making that move and then you've got apps like be real yeah. so i think there's a shift that's coming and then you've obviously got mental health awareness week coming up yeah. as well which is a big online campaign um the theme being loneliness and you know there's so much content that we've got you know learning from lockdown you know online events for people that may be uncomfortable in person we've got now in person events we have the pets as therapy dogs i think yeah that's like it's coming day together thursdays <gasps> yes absolutely if you're <laughs> anglia ruskin you will know the pets as therapy dogs are just the biggest names on campus they are amazing um, the NHS Society organises those visits and the Student Union as well up in Cambridge um, organise those and they are fantastic. Keep a lookout for when they're on campus. Um, we should probably get around to some tips actually. Yeah, let's get around to the tips. So we'll just get them up on the notes. I think while you're getting those up, I think my main tip would be, I'll repeat it one more time. Oh, there's that drill again. Um, it was it's going just so to, well. It was. <laughs> It's just to, you know, like I said, unfollow people. If they're making you unhappy or you feel yourself comparing yourself to them, unfollow. You don't have to completely unfollow them. You know, if you're friends with somebody on Facebook and maybe That's they're making you feel... That's why the mute button was invented, wasn't it? Exactly. You can, you can mute you can them mute on them. social media. You can snooze them for, you know, a few weeks. Just if you're going through a rough period, say you're looking for a job or something, someone you know has just got the best job in the world and it's making you feel a bit, you know, you can always hide their posts just yeah. for now you can come back to it you know you don't have to fall out with anyone you've not blocked they can't see that you've hidden them but i think those are really good tools um my second one would probably you can be always deactivate your account for a little exactly. while as well yeah you can pause your account you can also use you know the privacy settings and that's important to consider do you really want to be viewed by a public audience like is it making you happy would you rather it's just your friends maybe have you know a public account and a private account yeah. and then you can control what content and seen by who 
and you know which one to use depending on how you're feeling I think a lot of people have a second account now Mm. where it's literally just you know friends and family maybe on one and what you would want to present to the public yeah that's a really good idea so we've got the tips also Uh, follow a lot of animal accounts I feel like for me personally animal yeah big one my sister's really into book talk book talk yeah that's a good one so she has really gotten into reading so she's she checks she's like this one's um this one's now four pounds in asda i'm gonna Amazing. go get this book because book top told me to go get this one and she's like, oh it's all gone because every like it's gone viral now everyone's buying the books find but your niche definitely yeah. and you will see more of it yeah absolutely but that's yeah that's a good one okay so i think I think we've probably discussed all of this already, but we're just going to like round them up into yeah, yeah. little snippets so that we can sort of round off this episode. Um, so number one is to use an app to track how much time you spend on social media each day, and then you can set a goal to reduce that time. And I think even with, if you've got an iPhone or any sort of phone, you can ha- you can set it to disturb so there's no notifications that pop up. Yeah. You can also turn your phone off as well at certain times of the day if you know, you know, that's when you get particularly distracted. There's also apps that you can set, you know, especially useful for people with things like ADHD. Um, I'm seeing a lot of apps that do things like you pick a certain time of the day mm. or a certain activity that you do where you do get distracted and it will notify you that at the certain time of the day and say, are you being productive? And you have some action tasks. So... Yeah, there are lots of apps out there yeah. if you do research the, into them. The uh, Pomodoro app, which is like the you know the tomato. Yeah, I thought that was pasta. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pomodoro. I don't know. It's a technique, but it's like twenty minute. Uh, it's a little alarm thing, but it sets it for twenty minutes. So you're like, I'm going to do this task for twenty minutes, and then I have a rest. So this is a good one for revision as well. Yeah, yeah, really good for studying. Um, but you could do, you could set that up and say, well, I'm going to spend twenty minutes on Instagram, and then when the alarm goes off, that's that's my Instagram done for a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good thing because you could also, you know, maybe try leaving your phone at home as well once in a while. I know a lot of people do need it if they're going out to contact people, but say you're going out with your family. If I go out with my family now to a restaurant or something, you know, my mum will have her phone. Yeah. And apart from that, we just don't take them. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, it's so tempting to check, especially yeah. after lockdown when... Yeah, your friends lived in your phone. I think it's that's so hard because not you're to... so contactable at all times. So you feel like, well, I can, I, I have to have it in case someone needs to contact me. But well, if it's not an emergency, do you know what? I've never had. I don't think ever. I've never got back to my phone even after a week of being off it, and had anything that was massively worth reading when I got back. Maybe it's just me not having the most interesting life. <laughs> but there's never been really an urgent. Well, if it's urgent, they're gonna f- get in contact with you somehow, aren't they? Exactly. If it's that urgent. There has never been really many messages or notifications that have been, you know, immediate, need immediate action. Mm. Apart from obviously at work, but (laughs) that's different, isn't it? Uh, So tip number three is don't take your phone or your tablet to bed. That's a good one. Blue light is really bad. And if you do have um, something like, you can put the yellow light on as well if you are going to use it. Disable social media notifications notifications <laughs> yeah that's notifications. Really that's the same as kind of like hiding other people as well like so you're not tempted to keep looking because it does that really annoying thing doesn't it some of the apps they pull you back in by saying oh so and so like your close friend has just posted oh, yeah. or 
so-and-so hasn't posted in a while and they've just posted this video. Yeah. Would you like to see it? It's, yeah, you need to disable those you ones. You look at just... something really, like, banal, like, oh, I haven't done my laundry for a while. Yeah, they're trying <laughs> to pull you back in. It's sneaky. It's really sneaky. Yeah. Um, limit checks. So if you compulsively check your phone every few few minutes, then, like we said, we can set the limit limits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's that's one that students do, isn't it? The last tip is one that a lot of our students do around exam time is actually removing the apps completely from your phone for a while. And I think I did this actually during lockdown. So I got rid of Facebook and then I very occasionally checked it on Safari. It gave me that extra effort where I had to... I'm doing it at the moment actually with delivery apps, food delivery apps. Yeah. I've deleted them and then it's that extra effort to go into Safari or a browser. And then load it again. Get it, log into it. So it's that extra process that stops you just checking and flicking through. Um, and then you can check the notifications like way less often. So I feel like getting rid of the apps yeah. is actually a really good one. That's yeah, really productive. Right, I think, well, those are all the tips, I think. Is there any, any like final comments that we want to say? No, I don't think so. I think maybe um follow us on social media. <laughs> follow us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um uh, Angie Ruskin. Yeah, we're always posting nice positive content and we absolutely love hearing from yeah. students, we've staff, got, everybody. We've always got students sort of doing takeovers and showing actual like people who you see on, on social media, they are actual students, actual alumni. They are part of our community, so they're not just like models. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, some of them are. <laughs> yeah. Potentially. Models and students. Yeah, models and students. <laughs> model students. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, so that's that's one thing I think is good about our social media. You see, like behind the scenes, a real life. Yeah, yeah it's very real life do. to campus. Yeah, I think it's really, it's important that we keep showing that. Yeah, and if you want to be featured, get in touch. Let us know. Right, so thank you for joining us and um, if you've got any comments about it please get in touch with us um we want to hear some of your tips maybe as well yeah um, yeah that would be good yeah how do how do you feel about social media um and yeah yeah have a lovely mental health awareness week and um yeah i suppose Thanks. we'll maybe we'll make another episode yeah so stay tuned <laughs> bye guys Thanks. bye